This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. It's with Kevin De Bruyne who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane and it's another chance to make it three and he doesn't miss this time. That's Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. Happy New Year. This is episode 15 of our second season. Hope you all had a great holiday. Returning this week is the chairman of the KC Spurs, the man who's still licking his wolf wounds and who shed a tear over the news of Kane's MBE award. Dry those eyes. It's Jared Bustamante. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We did a lot to right the ship today, so I'm... uh... I'm a happy guy in 2019. We'll take that for sure. And we're also delighted to welcome back to the pod the man who ran into Arsene Wenger in Bogota, who founded an Arsenal bar in Latacunga, and who trained the young Medellin locals to be Arsenal defenders. Might do a better job. Fresh from his travelling exploits, it's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? You know, feeling refreshed, and uh, Arsenal decided to actually win today, so that was lovely. <laughs> recharged and ready to go uh right let's play a new one-off game this week which factors in all those extra festive fixtures it's a game i like to call talk of the town and here's how it works we asked an independent survey for the top four talking points from the holiday period so from a list that i will provide the guys have to figure out which one was the most popular second most third most and so on uh so it's kind of like top three and the scoring is exactly the same um so guys the four talking points were Manchester City being shitty. Tottenham... (laughs) They're not all this creative, but that's the first one. Uh, Tottenham hot and cold spur. The Liverpool juggernaut and United's awakening. So, Boyce, we're going to start with you. Uh, Which of those four do you think was the most talked about? Uh, Well, just because it's both glorious and depressing at the exact same time, let's talk about the release and rejuvenation of Manchester United. And that was in third spot, so I'll just get you those two points. Somehow Manchester United, post-Mourinho, have found a way to shake off those cobwebs and have now won three back-to-back fixtures with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as the boss. And they've scored three or more goals in each of those with Pogba netting four of them. Uh, So, boys, question for you. Can this team now kick on and challenge for a top-four spot? I mean, I think they can. I I was looking at the table as of right now. They're eight points behind Chelsea, uh, you know, and that's they're on equal level because they both haven't played so far this week. I think there's definitely a chance that they can kick on. Chelsea have shown that they're susceptible to poor losses throughout the campaign. They just lost to Wolves. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot left to be said in the top four race now that Manchester United are not being weighed down by Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. But I will temper that ever so slightly by <laughs> when you're looking at the last three matches that they played, they were away to Cardiff, they were home to Huddersfield, and then they were home to Bournemouth over the weekend and now they've got Newcastle away tomorrow. So the schedule has also been very kind to Manchester United over the past few weeks. These are matches that you would have certainly expected them to win anyway. Uh, the fact that they have won them is definitely impressive given the form that they have maintained throughout the season. But I do think even as someone that detests that club that you have to look at it from an honest and rational standpoint. And Jared and I have made this point, I think, throughout this season of the podcast and throughout this Premier League season, that there's too much talent on that team. Yep. Uh, De Gea, if he 
you know, resolves form and goes back into 17-18. There's so much offensive talent on that team. And they're they're decent at the back, but they're not great. And that's why they're a top six team and not a top, you know, a guaranteed top four team. Mm-hmm. But there's enough attacking talent on this Manchester United team to definitely challenge Chelsea. Whether they they have enough to be able to overtake Liverpool, Tottenham, or City, I think they dug themselves too too big of a hole. But the the rumors of Manchester United's demise in the top four race were greatly exaggerated. Mm-hmm. That, I, uh, that I would agree with on this part. Um, Jared, thinking long-term about Manchester United, you probably know what question's coming here, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, Pochettino, of course, has been touted as the favourites to take over um, for the next season. Do you buy into that, or do you think he's Pochettino is going to stick around at Spurs? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll answer this two ways. One, uh, obviously... I'll go ahead and get the biased answer out of, you know, out of the way and say there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Uh, <laughs> staying is our guy and yada, yada, yada. Uh, however, this is a business. Uh, and it's really just a question of, you know, uh, <laughs> like how much money are we talking about? Sure. I don't think it's likely, uh, you know, he's answered this question. I'm sure he's tired of being blue in the face. But one of the things he routinely touts is just the building of the youth system and really winding, you know, being involved in those young players. And we're seeing that, uh, uh, and, you know, young Oliver skip, uh, Harry Winks <laughs> now, now being a consistent starter. Uh, and, you know, I got to say, I don't know what Lee Dixon, maybe he made a, a new year's resolution to, uh, be kind or what, but, uh, actually pretty glowing during the broadcast today, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of highlighting some of the things that, you know, that, that Pochettino has done, um, and bring in these young players, uh, and for a team that, as we all know, uh, the butt of a lot of jokes, didn't spend a dime uh, yeah. in 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 the transfer window. So, uh, you know, some of those young players are coming in because it's a necessity, uh, some injury concerns and and the like. And since we didn't spend money, well, we're gonna have to try to find them in house. And thus far, it's gone okay. So, I would like to think he wants to build that you know there's obviously there's the looming uh, you know question of how many years does he get before first get some hardware out of this you know all those competing is great getting to the round of 16 is great as boyce and i have sparred over twitter you know there's <laughs> no trophy for beating real madrid no, but i think if he he's not going to be shown the door uh it, at least for another two or three years i think and i hope that he stays and that it's uh, uh you know that truckload of money that they want to back up into levy's driveway uh isn't big enough all right jared we're over to you next uh we have three obviously talking points to get we still have manchester city being shitty tottenham hot and cold spur and the liverpool juggernaut so again which one do you think made that top spot oh let's see um uh let's go ahead and talk about City's uh, stumble. Manchester uh, City being shitty. None of us really saw coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was on the list. Obviously, it was on the list, and that was uh, second spot, so it'll get you three points. Six of Man City's defeats under Pep have all come in the month of December, which, I don't know, maybe he's just a bit of a Grinch. Uh, and they've also failed to keep a clean sheet from their last ten consecutive matches. So what seems to be, Jared, the biggest issue uh, currently for this Manchester City team? Ah, obviously, you know, it's that leaky defense. Um, we've, you know, we talked about this last year and the year before, you know, we speculated on the pod, you know, what is the weakness of this city team, if any? Uh, and it's always been, it's always been defense. I mean, frankly, you know, anytime you have Nicholas Otamendi, who's, you know, even just back then starting, uh, you had questions. 
you go back to that Leicester match, you know, Fabian Delft picking up the red card and uh, they've had injury concerns and, and, and the like. Uh, I think the other part of the equation is you have things like Andres Townsend scoring the goal of the season yeah. uh, in an absolute cracker uh, and just simply things not going their way. And one of the things we have to look at in just the lens of just general competition is that things have gone their way for good God. I mean, A the stats, you know, <laughs> yes, the stats that you were talking about, you know, how long that, you know, they've, uh, Pep hasn't really suffered defeat. It hasn't, you know, they haven't dropped points and all of that. I think part of this is just kind of the general ebb and flow of it's really, really hard to be that dominant for that long, mm. uh, in any sport. So I think this is them kind of coming, coming back to earth. Un- unfortunately for them, it's coinciding with an ascending Liverpool that, uh, is, I don't know what it's going to take. And I'm sure we'll talk about it here in a minute. Boyce, do you think, uh, Manchester city are going to buy any additional players in the January transfer window? Of course they are. I mean, I don't know who they are. Maybe they'll go get Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, and they'll just make even more of a mockery of financial fair play. But you know they're going to buy. Jerry kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. I think defense is probably where they've needed to buy for a significant period of time and have not really done so as much as you would expect. They've got all kinds of offensive weapons, and I, I think that the reality has just been that those weapons have been hurt. Uh, they're trying to get Kevin De Bruyne back in the lineup. I don't really know where you fit anyone offensively with the pieces that they have. They can barely get Riyad Mahrez on the pitch right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you start to get healthy, you're going to have even bigger lineup problems. If you saw the Raheem Sterling video over the weekend, it looks like they've got a one-year-old in the system that's going to be absolutely <laughs> incredible. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those situations where offensively I think they're stacked and you're only going to create more disharmony in a locker room as you bring in more players with the stacked roster that they've got unless they plan on getting rid of somebody. So when you know Benjamin Mendy was hurt all of last season, he's been hurt for a large extent of this season. Oda Mendy's not very good. Uh, Laporte's played well. Vincent Company is brittle and old. You know, there are there are spots to be filled back there. They've got John Stones. He's a he's a quality central defender, but he's also not necessarily to the world class level of some of their offensive talent. So there's there's money to be spent, and that's what they're going to do. Their problem, at least as of right now, is that if they don't stop Liverpool on Thursday, the, you have to imagine that the race for first place in the Premier League is over. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that when I make my next selection. But the reality of the situation, <laughs> if if Liverpool win on Thursday, they'll be 10 up over City with... 17 matches left to play in the season and Liverpool dropped six points in the first half of the season. So you cannot overstate the importance of Thursday's match. Well, let's uh, go ahead and segue onto your next decision, which I'm guessing from either Tottenham hot or cold spot or the Liverpool juggernaut is probably the Liverpool juggernaut, but go ahead and confirm it for us anyway. (laughs) I'm going to let Jared deal with Tottenham's problems and uh, the collapse (laughs) of their DVD industry over there at White Hart Lane and Wembley, but uh, we can talk about Liverpool. 
<laughs> Liverpool juggernaut is number one on the list, so that'll get you those four points. Liverpool are the only team uh, not to win a Premier League title, having led the league at Christmas. I think this is their third chance to try it. Um, and the latest win uh, over the Gunners gives them 31 games unbeaten at Anfield, which is quite impressive. Um, so on Liverpool, boys, have they proven that this is finally their year? I think so, but you also have to look back to the earlier half of the campaign and the reality that if Riyad Mahrez makes that penalty kick, we're talking about a completely different title race as of right now. And Liverpool still, they have their their moments where you you start to wonder about them a little bit, but they're so few and far between. I, I mean, I talked about it a moment ago, but if they get this lead over City up to 10 points, I just don't. I don't see any way back for anybody. And you really do start to wonder, given that I think Liverpool played most of the bigger teams away in the first half of the season. That that sounds this, about right, yeah. This City away match is really their only obstacle. And as an Arsenal fan, you do... I would not have guessed at the beginning of the season, despite how good they were, that the team that I would be worried about from an invincible standpoint would be Liverpool. But here we are. Mm-hmm. And... I, you know, uh, I don't really want to talk about the Liverpool Arsenal match because it was uh, <laughs> degrading and and sad. And I I, I, don't know, I listened to the Ars cast and Ars blog had a rant about Mustafi that deserves some sort of uh, podcast award in and of itself. But <laughs> you know, you, you cannot give them any space whatsoever. They're loaded. Their front three's on fire, and you you just wonder about what's going to happen in the league for the rest of the campaign. I you know, I think we all really thought that this was going to come down to City and Liverpool, perhaps even to the last day. And City's December cost them pretty dearly because Liverpool just keeps steamrolling teams. I, the stats are absolutely insane for that team. They mm-hmm. have a plus 40 goal differential 20 games into the season. They've conceded eight goals in 20 games. They have just been obliterating people. They've dropped six points in 20 matches. It's just it's scary. As good as, <laughs> as good as last year's city team, city team was, this Liverpool team looks like they might get to 100 points as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's scary, and I just don't. You know, Chelsea and Tottenham, and you know, I'm not even going to put Arsenal in the the top discussion but both of those teams keep dropping matches that they shouldn't for some strange reason. Wolverhampton. Um, has got both of their numbers, and I'm not really sure how. But Liverpool just has been immune to that all season long. And you have to think, short of an injury or uh, Steven Gerrard getting transferred back in and falling down a couple times, (laughs) that uh, Liverpool are are firmly entrenched as the title favorites right now. And, you know, for those of us that follow the Premier League and any of us that I think are interested in at least an entertaining conclusion to the season— you kind of have to be pulling for City on Thursday. Mm, interesting. Jared, with uh, with Liverpool's resurgence, do you think this is going to last for quite some time? you think they're set up for success now for the next five years or so? Uh, I don't know. I don't want it to be true, but I <laughs> guess it might be. I mean, you know, they got some youngsters uh, coming. You know, Trent Alexander-Arnold is now, I think he's got that kind of lockdown. You know, they're invested in Van Dyke. Um, Andrew Robertson uh, is just the toast of Liverpool. And 
I'm not really sure what the uh, contract situations of Firmino, Mane, and Sala are, but I venture that they will back the aforementioned truck of money uh, and just kind of do whatever it takes because you have to, right? I mean, any team uh, that's experiencing this kind of success, they're going to hang on to these pieces. Uh, So I think uh, they're certainly built for it. Um, They brought in some smart transfers, uh, you know, Shakiri. Shakiri was a Spurs target before we didn't spend any money. Um, and, uh, I, I was really kind of looking forward to that. I think he's a, I think he's an exciting player and he's certainly been a contributor. Uh, so that was possible. Uh, we, uh, only really time will tell, uh, mm-hmm. but I kind of agree with Boyce that if you're, if you're really looking for some drama, you're, you're, you're pulling for city and, uh, it's, I, I, I think I'm going to be sick at work Thursday afternoon. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Um, all right, Jared. Let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about that last topic, which is left. Uh, It'll give you the one point. It is Tottenham, hot and cold spur. I thought my creativity was on fire there. Um, a little few stats about Tottenham. Uh, the club have netted uh, eleven goals from two games uh, with their powerful players all on the score sheet. Um, but they're yet to draw after 20 games now this season, the longest run since uh, Arsenal in 1983. Um, however, of course, falling to Wolves, as we've pointed out, uh, maybe surprisingly, maybe not. But uh, despite all of that, um, now sitting second in the table, Jared, can we see them as title contenders or are we still a little too far away from that? <sighs> I, I mean, again, okay. The biased answer is yes, 100%. Of course they are. How dare you? <laughs> uh, the practical answer, I mean, we're sitting second, uh, you know, and it's the margins going to just either widen between Liverpool and Spurs or City's going to leapfrog. So what we are seeing is, you know, kind of the shakedown of tears that Boyce uh, uh, kind of alluded to. If Liverpool does win, uh, then they're sitting at, you know, 57 points or nine points clear of Spurs, 10 points clear of City, uh, and 14 points of grief. It's silly, the Liverpool dominance. So I think you have, you know, uh, just where it will shake out with Spurs, City, and Chelsea, um, leaving, uh, you know, kind of Arsenal and United, uh, you know, to kind of see who can maybe punch up and displace one of those two, three, four teams. Look, mathematically, it's possible. So my bias hat, I'm going to say yes, of course. Uh, the problem is now we're getting into competition season, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we got, you know, we got the EFL Cup. We've got FA Cup matches. We've got the round of 16 Champions League and then the domestic. And this is where teams with that, you know, smartly built depth um, can take those points and win those matches that they're supposed to. When unfortunately, I think what the Wolves match showed is that Spurs are vulnerable uh, to that stumble. Uh, whether it be uh, in a UCL knockout match, in the FA Cup, in the EFL Cup, or even here, here in the Premiership. I mean, that's a lot of matches, um, and uh, you're going to need a lot of legs. And with some injury concerns, um, I, I'm pulling for them, but um, it's going to be uh, – I, I just don't want to get excited about it because <laughs> I just I, – I don't want to, James. I it's it's you know it's, it's hard to. You know, excitement built up for it, and then all of a sudden it gets knocked down at the last moment, and everyone starts calling you Spursy. Uh, but anyway, boys, comparing Tottenham to Arsenal here for a second, currently at the state of play, are we seeing more of a shift now to things looking more favorably for Spurs, or do you think Arsenal have an opportunity this season specifically to kind of right the ship defensively and kind of go toe-to-toe with Spurs again. So if you would have asked me in the aftermath of the North London Derby whether or not I thought that 
Arsenal had a chance to contend with Spurs for the rest of the campaign, I would have told you yes. But injuries to Hector Bellerin, to a lot of people in the back line, have kind of left Arsenal in a position where I just don't think there's enough there defensively to do what would be required uh, to actually catch up with Spurs this campaign. Uh, Jared, Jared talked about it a little bit, but I've got Tottenham's schedule up right now. It's one of those situations where it was really funny when we were talking about that EFL Cup match in the middle of December, and there were a couple people that are pundits in the Arsenal sphere that had kind of referenced that it was a match that it would hurt to lose, but we didn't really want or need to win. And I think that that's actually the case for Tottenham. Those two matches against Chelsea in the EFL Cup semifinals, which uh, we can talk about this at another time, but the EL Cup, EFL Cup semifinals have no business being home and home. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. Those are matches that neither Chelsea nor Tottenham need, but they're matches that Arsenal fans are glad that Tottenham and Chelsea are playing. Uh, so <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how Spurs deal with that. You, you know, it, I, I think Pochettino is going to be potentially intrigued by the idea of playing a full force lineup in those matches against Chelsea with the hope of, you know, hardware. Now the reality of the situation is city got the easiest semifinal draw in the history of the world and they can play nobodies and end up in the final. And as Arsenal learned in the EFL cup final this year, or I guess it's now last year, uh, playing city in a cup final is not a lot of fun, even at Wembley. So (laughs) It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the campaign goes. I think Arsenal will pull back a few points on Spurs in the January and February dates purely because, thankfully, Arsenal don't have to play Liverpool again, which at this point I'm just glad is over. But Spurs have away matches to City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. latter half of the season, I think they're going to drop some points. I think fatigue is probably going to play in. Um, Irrespective of what they do, you kind of have to wonder if a loss to Dortmund in the round of 16 might do their league hopes a little bit of good, just because that balance between the EFL Cup, the FA Cup, the Champions League, and the league is a little bit more than I think the current Spurs squad can handle. They're really, that's starting 11 plus maybe three or four off the bench is quality, but you add in a few injuries due to fatigue to some of the starting players, and just the pure number of matches, which caught up to even Manchester City over the festive fixtures. So Tottenham are basically going to have the festive fixture fixture list until the end of February. Not to mention, and just to interject here, boys, sure. but we're also losing Hungman's son <laughs> until February the 1st uh, due to the Asian games. So, that's true, yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's, that's, just a, that's just another blow. So I, you know, it's... It's bleak, but uh, I think boys hit the nail on the head. Uh, let's go and move on, guys, to our next game, which is, of course, a fan favorite of Rumor Mill. Uh, so to clarify, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were, in fact, printed or just something I made up. So it's basically true or false. Two points for a correct guess. And Jared, you're up first with this one. Odds have further shortened on Spurs boss Mauricio Pochettino joining United in the summer as the club's management is said to have mounted an impressive budget for the Argentine that will be hard to turn down. True or false? Oh, so they promised him money. I don't know. True. It is false uh, from the report side of things, but you know what? I would would believe that if I read it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I made it up. I don't know. Maybe I was in one of those moves. That's not true. (laughs) It's not (laughs) true. That was great. Uh, but it is false. Nothing uh, has been printed that says those words, so uh, unlucky there, bud. Uh, boys, this next one is for you. Arsenal are now looking like favourites to sign Bournemouth defender Nathan Ake since the young defender recently snubbed a potential move to Spurs. True or false? I believe I've missed the last four of these in a the row, and I actually think Ake would do well in the Arsenal back line given how porous it is, but I haven't read any of that, so I'll say false. It is false. Yes, that is correct. And that'll give you those two points. I haven't actually heard any updates about that. I did hear him maybe going to Spurs, but I haven't heard any new updated rumors. So uh, maybe... I would love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan. The best I've heard is, and I said this is best in quotation marks, is that Arsenal were interested in taking Gary Cahill on loan. So... (laughs) Oh, the status of the back line on Arsenal. God, please be true. James, is that your next quote? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Gary Cahill. No, God, I wish it wasn't. <laughs> All right, Jared, this next one's for you. Uh, Tottenham's 31-year-old Belgian midfielder, Moussa Dembele, is now a target for Monaco manager Thierry Henry. True or false? Uh, true. It is true, yes. Correct. That'll get you those two points. Uh, Le Sport 10, or Le Sport 10, if we're being proper, uh, wrote that article. Um, would you be sad to see him go? I would. Uh, you know, I've been kind of vocal on this. Uh, Busan Nabili has been one of my one of my favorites. Um, and I that I say that while also not clamoring to have him in the lineup. I think he's <laughs> lost a step. Poor guy. But, uh, you know, he's had some injury concerns, but he's a smart, strong player. And uh, I think he would, would do well to mentor a young uh, and pretty uh, competitive Monaco squad. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah, maybe good. Um, boys, this last one's for you. Watford fear they could lose French midfielder Ducore to PSG next month. True or false? Man, I have absolutely no idea. I'll just say true. It is true. Nice work, bud. Yeah, the the Daily Mail wrote that article on the 14th of December, citing that Ducore is looking for a move and PSG want to swoop in. Uh, is he worth it? I guess uh, I guess we'll see what happens. He seems to be a pretty decent player for Watford, but uh, time will tell. <laughs> yes, he is worth it. I'm still mad. I'm still mad at him. And <laughs> we're still still feeling the pain. <laughs> Right, this last game is, of course, uh, another favourite of ours. It's player profile. So, again, I'm going to provide five different clues to a Premier League player, each clue easier than the last. First person to shout their name and correctly guess said player wins the two points, but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. This week, your clue to these players is old balls. Old balls. <laughs> Take a minute. Enjoy it. Uh, this translates to really young players. No, I'm kidding. This translates to players who are over the age of 30, yet still have wind in their sails or boots. Uh, guys, you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Player number one used to play for Chelsea. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Jesus. I, Peter Cech. <laughs> Excuse me. It is Peter Yeah, that'll get you those two points. Maybe I should throw in a bonus one. Um, nice work on that. Yeah, yeah, the other clues were, is from the Czech Republic, now plays for Arsenal, is a goalkeeper. First name is Peter Pedacek. Nice work on that one. Player number two, plays for Brighton. He is a striker. Has scored eight goals in his 19 club appearances. Jared. Yes, Jared. 
Glenn with two N's, Murray. Glenn with two M's, Murray. Yes, that is correct, and I'll get you those two points. Nice work on that, bud. The other two clues is an Englishman. First name is Glenn with two N's. So nice work. Uh, Only because I heard him talking about how old he was last time we played him. (laughs) He's 35. (laughs) Would you believe it? I was just sitting there thinking, does Charlie Adams play for uh, Huddersfield? (laughs) (laughs) No, but maybe he could. Uh, Player number three, used to play for Spurs, is a striker. <clears throat> had a five-season spell at Sunderland. Jared. Yes, Jared? Uh, Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe is absolutely correct. Yes, and I'll get you those two points. Nice work. The other clues were now plays for Bournemouth. First name is Jermaine. So nice work, Jermaine Defoe. Player number four makes his Premier League debut this season. Is a Swiss international... Plays as yes, boys. Stefan Licksteiner. Nice work. Yes, it is Stefan Licksteiner, and that'll get you those two points. Uh, Plays as a defender was the next clue. An Arsenal player, the next clue, and first name is Stefan. Stefan Licksteiner. Nice work. Uh, Maybe not doing so good for Arsenal right now. I don't know. Room for improvement. (laughs) So slow. <laughs> so, so slow. He's only 34, though. He's still got it. Um, this, last, <laughs> this last player of the game uh, is another defender. Has scored 47 career goals. Has been with Manchester United since 2011. A bird famously... Jared. It. Yes, Jared. <laughs> Ashley Young. Ashley Young. You got it off the bird poop clue, I guarantee it. I yes. did. <laughs> Who can forget that glorious video? So good. That was great, wasn't it? Uh, But yes, that'll get you those two points. The last clue of that one, of course, was his first name is Ashley. But guys, that is the game. And it was a close one this week. But uh, the final scores, Jared, you've come away with 12. But Boyce has edged it with 14 points. Boyce is back. How do you feel? Same as it ever was. Little do you guys know that in celebration of my victory, I have decided to bust out my uh, Hector Bellerin fashion line attire for today. <laughs> so uh, big puppy coat, massive hat. I basically look like I'm about ready to uh, drop a, a verse in a soul for real track. <laughs> look at John S. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> <laughs> just Google you any just need of to, You need to check out the uh, the Hector Bellerin shot from today's Arsenal match. That's I'll, I'll just lead you to that, and you can enjoy it for yourself. It feels like he's uh, engaging in like a Joaquin Phoenix-level troll of everyone <laughs> as he dresses like a... Gun runner. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone no, else around him is sorry. dressed like normally, and he's the one just sitting there, like looking crouched, just look. <laughs> just I don't know. Oh man, too funny. But uh, that is the game, guys, and that is all we have time for today. So big thanks as always to my guests, Jared Bustamante and Boyce Richardson. Uh, don't forget to check out our Twitter page at Kick Corner Flag, as well as our Facebook page and our website, KickFlag dot com. Uh, Jared, any final words? You know, to the. Uh, uh, Spurs winning the title. Here we go. Let's do it. We'll see. We'll see. That's, that's, I like that optimism. There it is. Just <laughs> snuck it in there right at the end. I'll take it. Uh, and boys, I hope Arsenal play the under twenty threes against Blackpool this weekend in the FA Cup. You never know. Um, we'll see what Emery has up his sleeve. But anyway, thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a great week.